Check one, check one, two. It's the Undisputed Future Podcast, episode 122. Hello there, Team NXT, CD, Danny Mac here, bringing you episode 122 of the longest-running independently produced NXT podcast available, the UFP show that is all about the NXT show, the Undisputed Future Podcast, and some of you might know that already because I really like the way I tested the microphone, and I'm kind of feeling good today, so uh, I might have thrown the test strip in the uh, test strip of audio in the beginning of this uh, of the show. I haven't fully made up my mind on that decision yet, but just in case you do happen to hear that, I hope that did not scare some of you away and that uh, that my regular team NXT members are here. You're listening. You're as excited for TakeOver Vengeance Day as I am. Now, I know, haven't put out a new episode since the fight pit and the formulation in the midst of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Cups. I know. I could sit here and I could bore you with the bad news and the bad mental health and the all the other reasons that really pushes content creators to delay their releases. Or, or, I could pick up right where we landed last night, full disclosure, recording this on Thursday, February 11th, evening of, actually right after I finished most of AEW Dynamite, just to prove the kind of wrestling fan that I am mentioning that up front, I'm ready to discuss the February 10th edition of NXT television, as well as to jump in to some TakeOver Vengeance Day predictions. I want to treat this like any other last stop on the road towards an NXT TakeOver episode, and I hope a lot of you are with me on that message and that journey and let's dive into the wrestling discussion already for, for Pete's sake. Why not? For literally Pete's sake, because he is our number one contender for the NXT Championship. But before I dive into the February 10th edition of NXT TV, I want to remind you all that you can su- financially support this show for the first time. That's announcement number one. KO-FI.com, coffee, or coffee in my New York tongue, dot com backslash undisputed future podcast all one word smallest donation i'm asking for four dollars because after fees i'm looking at nx three dollars worth maybe so once that starts going up once i start getting the support there i'm going to release and record my first ever watch along now this will be a solo watch along or with a separate guest then another announcement i'm going to dive into Hang tight, we're getting to the TV conversation, I promise. Just stay with me. I have rarely, rarely are there times where I have announcements. So I'm going to take the first few minutes or so to really hype up some projects going on. And the financial support is number one on the list. Number two, please follow this show at podcast underscore UF. 122 episodes in, I'm trying to break a couple thousand of Twitter followers. I'm at 14... I'm at 14 on the cusp of 1,500, so please retweet, 
spread the word, give me some conversation topics that you want to hear me discuss, and follow the show. Keep up with me. It's only one person. I talk about everything pro wrestling, not just NXT. My Twitter will follow everything. Raw Smackdown, the occasional NJPW, MLW News, Independency News. I love that Dan Housen. So Ring of Honor News as well. I'm talking everything wrestling, but here, here, I'm talking NXT. I'm tweeting everything else. So social media outreach, that's number two. And number three, community outreach. Community outreach. Let me explain that one. I'm a big fan and a big time community member of the Comedians of Wrestling podcast, hosted by Dan Black, Alex Newman, Aaron Finnerty, and the Supermark Nick Tulo at Tiptoe with Tulo on Twitch. Mentioning that Twitch channel because for my first time ever, I will be participating in a live reaction. Watch along with Nick Tulo. It's going to be a blast. Every single pro wrestling fan needs a friend and a fan like this gentleman. It's a great community of people. Please check out their socials at Cal Podcast everywhere. Follow their YouTube show. Their producer is doing amazing work, turning that into a visual medium as well. And please follow and subscribe if you can to at Tiptoe with Tulo on Twitter before this Sunday or the afternoon of Sunday. Valentine's Day, the afternoon of Vengeance Day takeover. I'm going to be hyping up this appearance. Please get ahead of me. As soon as you're listening to this, you can switch around in your apps. Just go to Twitch, follow that page, jump right back here, or go to Pokemon Go, or go to your articles that you're reading, or whatever you're doing while you're using this podcast as background noise. Before you continue on with that, go to twitch.tv backslash tiptoe with Tulo. Follow that man. Fantastic wrestling fan. Shout out to the entire Comedians of Wrestling podcast group. Now, where as much as I would like the world of community and Team NXT to cross, I'm finally going to start delivering on what the product I promised is, and that's discussion and takeover predictions. Let's dive into it. MSK starting off NXT, taking on Legado del Fantasma, composed by and represented by Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza. MSK is showing all the promise in the world based on what we've seen from them in this tournament so far. And Legado del Fantasma, whereas they did make it to this step in the Dusty Rhodes Classic, their luck seems to be taking quite the turn as a faction. And it goes well past just what happens in this matchup. Santos Escobar, their leader, cruiserweight champion, taking issue and umbrage and picking the wrong battle with former NXT champion Karrion Cross, Now, this is good because it shows that the Cruiserweight champion can be taken seriously as a threat and that he can interact with talents outside of that weight class. That is very valuable information. On top of that valuable information, Santos Escobar moving up the card by interacting with such characters like Scarlet and Karrion Cross. 
Interacting with them does a whole lot more for Santos Escobar's credibility, and I say this as a Kurt Stallion fan, but this does a whole lot more for Santos Escobar long-term investment than a match and another title defense against somebody like a Kurt Stallion who's fairly new to the NXT television scene, who hasn't been hyped up, obviously, as a former NXT champion, who hasn't had that return and comeback angle with the apocalypse looming in the background. Santos getting that kind of rivalry and exposure is important for him and his faction to move up the card and be involved in more meaningful storylines. On the flip side of that, I'm just not invested in it because a carrying cross rivalry and Santos Escobar match on paper just doesn't sit right with me. It's an apocalyptic, dominant, hoss fight heel against a clever cartel retains his championship by any means necessary sort of heel. It's craftiness heel versus brute strength. I, I'm just not personally invested in it. That's all I got to say about the few past weeks on that topic. I'm done with it. Let's talk about the carrying cross for a Santos Escobar match when it happens. Let's talk about MSK versus Legado Fantasma in tag team action now. This match did have a slow start, which was unexpected. The luchador brilliance that Legado Fantasma represents does come in many forms. It's not just the flashiness of what they're able to do in the ring, but it's the tradition of pro wrestling, and that involves, well, sometimes actually grounding your opponent and wrestling. So Legato showing those skills and their diversity, very important in this match. I really did take that away. The train in the offense, in the corner, the repeated body splashes, making something exciting by burning it into the grounds and really getting the crowd aggravated that they're spamming a move. Another takeaway point, because it was fast-paced and right in their wheelhouse, but not flashy and still wearing down MSK. I'm really not remembering which member, Lee or Carter, it was in the corner. Moving past that point, I will talk about Lee and Carter because this compliment can go all around. The uniqueness of their offense and their tag team chemistry is shining through this tournament. I'll get to what the actual finals were in a second, but it is a sigh of relief that we have two dedicated, full-time tag teams making it to the finals of this tournament for the men's side. It's great finals matchups all around. I could not be more excited for yet another takeover card, but having that tag team importance of two teams in the Dusty Cup for the men's side was very important to me this year. And really, two of the favorites on paper with a strong debut and a strong history in competition, it ended up with the right bracket. The high-flying and luchador offense, I dove into. What's there to say about MSK? They're fun. The crowd chemistry is there. They're connecting with the audience based on what I've been personally reading up and down on social media the height they had as the rascals and the interest and connection in their character that I'm personally able to see, I love it. This is a 420-friendly podcast here, folks. Um, One takeaway and big story part of this match. One real true in-ring story 
the thesis statement, if you will, of this matchup. For me, my takeaway, countering the incredible high-flying style that both these teams were able to bring would be just as important as the execution of it. MSK would neutralize Mendoza on the outside and wipe out Wild with that heart attack blockbuster. This would all be set up by the countering of an incredible 450 splash. Able to counter the 450 splash was MSK. Phantasma, a victim of that assisted moonsault to the outside of the ring. Yeah, this time it was a setup not just grounded in the ring, but a setup from the apron pushed out from from the apron to the floor of the CWC. It was reckless, but it was also incredibly executed and accurate. And the placement, high fives all around to every participant of this match. But MSK punching their ticket to a takeover immediately from their debut. From their debut in this tournament to a takeover matchup, building the tag team scene of WWE again is a big long-term investment we need to start seeing on NXT for the men and for the women. The women don't need another title if the women's tag team championships can start getting exposure moving forward from this Dusty Cup. Let's get an NXT team a big break and able to travel to the main roster brands as well as create enough interest where the main roster women's talents want to be on NXT. Make the men have some formidable teams that you can see participating on Raw and SmackDown as well. Legado del Fantasma, I can see this faction being successful on any brand. Right now, it absolutely absolutely does feel like it belongs on NXT and 205 Live, but Santos being Cruiserweight Champion, like I spoke to, has a lot to do with that mindset and that perception once they're able to move up in the card, like getting the absolute crap kicked out of them by carrying Cross, which I went on the tangent about, which apparently I wasn't done speaking to. That's a faction that can move up the card. That's a team that you can use any two of those three gentlemen as a tag team force, and I can see it working with their character. The Luchador, the importance of Luchador wrestling, very simple, very straight to the point, and the presentation is taken very seriously with Legado del Fantasma, but I'm not going to spend all this time talking about them like they won the match. Very excited for MSK from their debut to a takeover match. Mercedes Martinez, herself battling a bit of a longer road to find herself in a championship scene and picture. Mercedes Martinez battling 20 years of experience, and she's betting all 20 years, every single chip that she's accumulated along the way on herself. Might as well talk about all three participants in the women's triple threat match to take place on TakeOver. Why not? Tony Storm staking her title claim. And everyone else can get to the back of the line once it is Tony time. 
Tony's history with Io Shirai could be the very most important part in this matchup. This could be used this could be used to set up yet another Tony Storm versus Io Shirai match where Tony is able to be victorious. Tony can go from beating her and having the bragging rights of winning the Mae Young Classic at Io Shirai's expense as well as ending her very impressive NXT Women's Championship reign. That gives Tony Storm some bragging rights on NXT US while Io Shirai is able to move up or move out rather or move across or move to Raw or SmackDown, whatever preposition I'm supposed to use when it comes to NXT and main roster nowadays, folks. It seems to be a laterally across move rather than up or down as it was perceived in the past. That's I feel like that topic is a whole nother podcast. Anyway, Tony Storm can walk out of this matchup without being pinned and set up a singles matchup between herself and Io Shirai. Io Shirai's message, this edition of NXT television, being, of course, that her long title reign is going to continue. There is no shaking the confidence of the genius of the sky. Something that is shaking NXT viewers and women's competitors to uh, to their very bone, sending a very chilling message to the uh, to especially the women's locker room is the wicked Tian Sha, Xia Li, Boa, and this mysterious figure following them to ringside. Now I'm not going to go out of my way to pull it up, but I do remember seeing a trademark. That could uh, possibly give this figure a uh, a full time name once once given the right opportunity. But Tian Sha has been one of the most interesting arcs on NXT TV right now. Starting out with a lot of strange vignettes to the presentation of Xia Li as this warrior that we see now entering. The ring. But first, she does an open form kata with a sword? That piques my martial artist interest right away. And, well, another week, another victory for Xia Li. Just as, I, as I'm looking down to take notes and state how impressed I am with Tian Sha, Xia Li is just cutting people down and kicking them, kicking their heads off, and ending matches as quickly as they could possibly be ended. As well as friendships to be quickly ended. Caden Carter and Casey Cadenzaro, well, suffering quite a wicked beatdown at the hands of Tian Sha. Fully, pun intended, cannot put it more bluntly than that. This is a faction to be feared. This is who Xiaoli is now. Much to the disbelief of Caden Carter and much to the expense of Casey Catanzaro's jaw, this is the Xiaoli that's going to move her up. This is the Xiaoli on the path of the warrior, and this is the Xiaoli that you can see as a credible contender for that NXT Women's Championship. Okay, time to cover two antithesis of segments here. Scarlet meeting William Regal to demand Santos Escobar. 
yes, it did. Um, it had some of my interest, but for obviously the Scarlet reasons, I'm like I mentioned before, this match on paper doesn't excite me. This program just strange to me other than as a vehicle to move Escobar up the card. A segment that actually did generate heat and interest with me recently. And I can't believe it took this long, but it finally happened. Heel, Johnny, Gargano, and The Way. I'm finally buying it, folks. After weeks of speculation and uncertainty and just waiting for something to click and me wanting and believing in a heel Johnny Gargano, this is the segment that has finally peaked in my interest. And it took Johnny Gargano faking an injury to do so. Johnny Wrestling, North American champion, coming out, brave soul, four fractures in his arm, or so we're so to believe, injured in the confrontation with Kushida, and to his knowledge, and by his word, would not be cleared for his title defense at TakeOver Vengeance Day, in a match that he knows he personally was looking forward to, as well as the thousands of NXT fans. I would say millions, but, well, I don't know, insert ratings joke here, I guess, but that's not stopping me from watching every Wednesday. Johnny Gargano, unable to compete, or at least as he perceives it, even providing his own form of x-ray and, well, some video evidence to come. However, the man holding the official records and the playbook, Mr. Regal, Johnny was cleared yesterday. He was cleared yesterday afternoon, and Mr. Regal, Regal was taking none of the guff going back and forth between him and the rest of the way. Johnny would try and try his damnedest to debate our NXT general manager, even disputing the legitimacy of his R-armed x-ray. Now, Johnny would suffer these four fractures in his left arm. And as a southpaw, Johnny was really feeling that, that disability to use his left arm. But there'll be an R presented on the screen, which Johnny swore up and down stood for real. And this got a chuckle out of me. This got a laugh. This got a genuine interest in, oh man, how is Gargano possibly going to weasel out of this match with Kushida? Or how many different ways is he going to try and try and try before he gets exposed or before the match goes on? Anyway, and this of course came crashing down when Kushida would face Austin Theory in a matchup later on which I will touch on. Kushida also featured in this statement in kind of a, uh, can you believe this smacking the guy on the chest even though he didn't know he was standing behind him? The segment was nothing if not cartoony, but it was cartoony in a way that I really enjoyed because it got me to believe in Heel Gargano and the shenanigans that The Way have been executing lately as well as older Looney Tunes like, oh, they didn't know Kushida was standing there the whole time and they smacked him on the chest like he was in on the joke with them or a part of the way. Olds, I think it's, I think that's considered slapstick. I'm not entirely sure about my comedy term on that one, but it was old school enough where it was, okay, 
I, I got a little bit of a nostalgia laugh out of that one, watching it play out from something I know is animated to professional wrestling that I care deeply about. It got a laugh out of me. I enjoyed the segment. We are getting Kushida versus Johnny Gargano at TakeOver Vengeance Day. And I was worked even before this segment aired because Austin Theory coming out on social media vowing vengeance against Kushida for what he did to Johnny Gargano. So I went into this NXT episode absolutely convinced that there would be no North American Championship match at TakeOver. So that is what hooked me even further. Would this turn out to actually be real, or would it just be a vehicle for Gargano to ham it up and convince me of these chicken shit heel ways? And it did the latter, and I'm very happy it did so. I was very entertained by this segment. It feels really good to have something positive to say about Johnny Gargano and the rest of the way other than Candace is in it. Candace should be perceived as the real leader, especially, especially with the way she, uh, I got wrappers in my pocket, especially with the way, pun intended, she took care of Johnny during the segment and hiding his eyes from the from the terrible footage taking place on screen. So, here we are. It'll be a swift shot to the head, and Kushida would strike and expose the grip strength of Johnny Gargano. And folks, take over. This match is going to be one to watch. This could very well be match of the evening, and that's a match that is sharing a card with Finn Balor versus Pete Dunne. There is so much in-ring talent on Sunday that looks excellent on paper. Kyan Gonzalez taking on Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Welcome to the fire pit for an entry on the finals on Sunday. Now, go back a ways. Go back in... Go back into the archives. And the archives is only a couple episodes ago, given the current release schedule. But I remember myself calling Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon as a team, even before the brackets were released. Not only calling them as a team, but calling them as a team to enter the tournament and make it to the finals. And that is what this match brought to fruition. And I... Could not be happier with that result. I'm sitting on a humble brag right now, folks, and trying to be humble about it. Kind of the caveat in this whole circumstance. Great pairing. Shotzi Blackheart being paired with Ember Moon is giving Ember Moon some character. It makes sense. This presentation of her post-apocalyptic, I'm riding around on dirt bikes or motorcycles or whatever the heck. If Shotzi's riding around on a tank and they're ready for war. Ember's Law should translate from now on to war whenever ready or war whenever possible or something that screams this welcome to the fire pit presentation that we're getting out of this tag team because the combination of the two is really working. It was bringing together two singles stars into this tournament and they're going to come out of it looking more like a team. 
and that's what we need out of the Dusty Rhodes Classics if we're going to get these singles pairings. I could speak to Thatcher and Champa. I'm going to get to them. They were in action in a great main event. But Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon benefit more from this point that I'm going to make. The characters are able to complement each other enough and meet in the middle. And trust me, this is a lot more of Shotzi having having more character development and just what I perceive as a more interesting presentation than Ember Moon. Ember Moon's in-ring action, I'm going to take an Ember Moon match singles-wise over a Shotzi Blackheart match, and I love them both, and I'm more of a fan of Shotzi, but just as far as match quality, I've seen Ember Moon tear the house down with Asuka. I'm going to watch that way more times than I'm going to want to watch the matches that Shotzi has been involved with in WWE so far. But for entrances, for promos, for vignettes and segments, I want what Shotzi has been getting. I don't want Ember's Law promos in the middle of the ring with I'm still not sure the entirety of what that is, but I know that it can finally mean something because of this tag team. I don't want strange background vignettes of a mysterious figure returning to NXT under the guise of a completely new character and then falling short when you could watch something that Shati has done in the past which involves a military-grade tank running stuff over. The Ready for War post-apocalyptic character presentation can work for this team and it shows and a victory over the way in this matchup did a lot for Shotzi and Ember Moon now what is it doing for the way as far as outside of Johnny Gargano and holding on to that title nothing much Candice LeRae yes I'm just about as much sick and tired as the next Candice LeRae fan of seeing her being pictured in big time spots and not meeting and not finishing it all the way through. Not winning the NXT Women's Championship in a series of great matches against Io Shirai. Not even one victory thus far when the title was on the line. Entering the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic The brackets are wrong because we know Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez were destined for the finals. Raquel Gonzalez, figuratively and literally, the biggest obstacle for the other women in this match. In this entire tournament, rather. Excuse me. So what this match didn't shape for the way it absolutely shaped in my eyes, the tag team chemistry and believability for Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. The finals on Sunday, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. That match reads fantastically. I can believe either side of this tournament winning the tournament because of the momentum that Raquel Gonzalez has as a teammate going back to war games. We can also finish and follow through the bringing together of Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart 
as a team by having them win the entire Dusty Cup. Great two teams for the finals, and believability to win lies on both sides. Moving back to the men's brackets, prior to their match, we got a little bit of another uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher stare directly into the camera and are as intimidating as they possibly can. Thoroughly enjoy the nicknames of Old Man Ciampa and Toothless Timmy. That's it. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, Phantasmo looks to make it up to Santos. I briefly covered on this. This did not go as the Luchadors intended. Karrion Cross would leave Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza in an absolute rubble in the backstage area and TikTok match next week. Kushida versus Austin Theory. I talked on this match a little bit earlier. In-ring action, uh, the history with these two men. One of Kushida's returning victories was over not just Velveteen Dream, but Austin Theory as well. So the history is there with these two competitors, even prior to Austin Theory being a full-fledged member of The Way. I liked... I'm sick of WWE using DQ finishes, but this DQ finish ended uniquely enough that I'm not entirely pissed off at it. The cross arm breaker on the apron by Kushida was well executed, as well as the super kick by our North American champion that caused the disqualification well executed as well. And then just a whole lot of strange to finish out this uh, this part of NXT this week. Austin Theory dragged under the ring and through the very cartoonish sequence of events, Johnny Gargano pulls out who he perceives to be a saving Austin Theory, but he's not fully looking down at his teammate to pull him out from under the apron. So he thinks he's pulling out Austin Theory, but lo and behold, Dexter Loomis appears in front of Johnny Gargano, and Johnny Gargano is scared half to death. Kushida manages to get his hands back on our North American champion, and this segment would end in two submissions by Dexter Loomis and Kushida, respectively. Theory would be silenced, and Kushida is locked up in a world of trouble heading into his North American Championship title defense. What do I got left here, folks? I spoke to you all about Tony Storm staking her title claim, and as I mentioned previously, she is she is not out of the realm of possibility. Probably my pick, well... As of 35 minutes or so into this episode, she's going to be my takeover prediction. Um, But for next takeover, 35 minutes in for the Takeover Vengeance Day episode, she's going to be my takeover prediction for uh, for the next one. And I think that we see Tony versus Io Shirai one-on-one one more time. Before I dive into the main event of Tommaso Ciampa, and Timothy Thatcher versus 
the grizzled young veterans, Zach Gibson and James Drake. I want to talk about very important character development this week and a character development I might have unintentionally contributed to earlier this past week. I'm speaking to a man who has fought zombies on NXT television before. The product of the Hardy compound. I'm talking about the one with the famous hat. I'm talking about Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes would appear back on NXT television in a way that we could not have foreseen this gentleman returning to television. We are greeted by a white Lamborghini. And folks, I see a white Lamborghini on NXT television. I am getting my hype train revved up that Pat McAfee is back and he's ready to cut a promo for Pete Dunne right before Pete Dunne's title contention on Sunday against Finn Balor. Was anybody out there thinking the same? Anybody? Anybody picture a big money sort of circumstance that is far from Cameron Grimes? Cameron Grimes rolling up in style in this white Lamborghini and cuts one hell of a promo. If you are not believing in Cameron Grimes at this point in his NXT run, you can kiss my grits. And I cannot imagine, I might have to listen back to that because I can't imagine how funny Kiss My Grits sounds in a New York tongue. Anyway, Cameron Grimes has been using the statement for his career to the moon for quite some time on NXT television. And it's a good catchphrase. I get behind it. It shows optimism. It shows belief in in himself. It's obnoxious enough of a statement in confidence that it's believable for a heel. I understand every aspect of that. But due to recent news, and NXT actually striking on a pop... Well, I don't even know. It feels wrong to call this a pop culture reference. But... It's made mainstream news, and I guess it can be considered a pop culture reference. Economic news. United States economic news, let's let's call it. The be-all and end-it and end-all of this mat of this segment, I can summarize in one note that I took throughout this entire segment because of how enthralled I was with just keeping my eyes on t- the television and my eyes and ears open for what this was. Cameron Grimes has GameStop money and Dogecoin too. Yes, the Doge meme, the Shiba Inu meme. By the way, uh, take that to the moon if we possibly can. GameStop money. I missed the boat on that one. Cameron Grimes did not. Cameron Grimes used his time post-unsuccessful matchups and just just these career lows for himself on NXT to love video games and invest in video games. And he hit the jackpot as the stock went to the moon and he sold at the right time. He got in and hopped on the Elon Musk tweet portion 
of the Dogecoin hype, and he's got cryptocurrency money too. Now, we have not seen a rich guy character successfully and in your face presentation about it since the glorious Bobby Roode as NXT champion. Do I think over the top Southerner who has GameStop and cryptocurrency money is on the same level as rich, pretentious snob Bobby Roode, the glorious one? No. Do we need a rich guy prick with the acting chops and character work that Cameron Grimes has? You better believe it. I am so, so excited for what Cameron Grimes is going to do these coming weeks on NXT TV. And that involves, hopefully, another wad of hundreds and making snow angels out of cash in the middle of the ring. Off Cameron Grimes, jumping into main events and takeover predictions time, folks. Grizzled young veterans, Zach Gibson and James Drake versus now a gritty respect bond formed between Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher. This match, absolute chaos prior to the bell, vicious beatdown, bad blood, believe it or not. Yeah, Zach Gibson can agitate a few folks with what he says to you before he steps into the ring, and that's going to bring on some, well, preemptive match beatdowns and barricade slams and launches into the steps. And you know how hard-hitting and gritty this match is going to be. The team of Thatcher and Champa have fought against each other in the fight pit. Imagine what they're going to do while they have the same common goal for the Dusty Cup. The fact that Champa and Thatcher were able to put their differences aside and form this bond and go into the tournament and make it to these semis. Impressive. And right here is where NXT made me very happy because the right thing was done here. Thatcher and Champa used this tournament to bond post fight pit and prove themselves as a team just enough where they make it and are believable but in the long run and the proper way this is done the real team came out victorious the first ever NXT UK tag team champions continue their great record in the Dusty Classic Cup and are once again in the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals. Great match between Champa and Thatcher and GYV. The story here leading back to Tommaso Champa's neck. And boy, howdy, Team NXT, am I worried every single time Tommaso Champa takes a volatile bump on his neck. An apron power bomb got me shriveling up and worried about the former NXT champion as well. That would be the setup. That would be the target set by Drake 
and Gibson through the course of this matchup. The back and forth it would go, and all due to Tommaso Ciampa in this match. The adrenaline did kick in. He was able to force through and really pick things up, and man, a head of steam, hot tag of offense in this match. But it all crashed down when Champa crashed down. Willow's Bell unsuccessful. Drake and Gibson knowing exactly where each other is in the ring at all times. That this includes the transition from outside to the apron. Champa able to win a match in the past. Champa and Thatcher would be successful over Davari and Nice due to a similar circumstance. Drake and Gibson very much aware, forcing Champa to not be able to pull off the Willow's Bell DDT by grounding one another and then executing and punching a ticket to Mayhem and a ticket to the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals. Great match. Great tag team main event. Repeating this point because it's my biggest takeaway. Champa and Thatcher entered this tournament from a bond of gritty respect coming out of the fight pit. My favorite gimmick match in NXT right now because of what it is doing for the career of Timothy Thatcher. Thatcher and Champa went from war to teammates, and they made it to a very impressive stage in the Dusty Cup, but unable to be victorious over the real team that is the first ever NXT UK Tag Team Champions, Zach Gibson and James Drake. Say this a lot as a wrestling fan. Make it make sense. As of this recording, the team of Thatcher and Champa being in the Dusty Cup and their participation in the entire tournament absolutely makes sense. There's enough of a bond there. There's enough of a respect where they can continue, but not, they can continue as teammates, but not at the expense of a longer tenured team. Well done on this main event. Really enjoyed this go home episode of NXT TV. And the reflection of the TakeOver card was a huge part of that. The stare down between NXT champion Finn Balor and Pete Dunne while the announcement while the announced commentary team would hype up the match, it had that big fight spotlighted feel. Great way to end the February 10th edition of NXT TV. Let's run down the card here, folks. NXT Vengeance Day predictions. Do not forget to follow on Twitch TV at Tiptoe with Tulo. That's where I will be on Sunday. The stream will absolutely be up by the time TakeOver kicks off. But we are trying to jump on earlier. 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I believe, will be the start of the show. 
follow at podcast underscore UF on Twitter and follow at Tiptoe with Tulo on your social media platforms to be updated with the exact start time of the stream. And make sure you're following on Twitch and you got those notifications on. So when Sunday it goes live immediately, you'll be right there and ready for it and ready to interact and continue to talk NXT action. Predictions time, starting with the mentioned plenty NXT North American Championship match. Kushida challenging Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Takeover, Johnny Gargano. The way I see this match going is that Gargano has used plenty of excuses to get out of this match. He will use any means necessary to retain the North American Championship, and this will be the root of a rivalry with Dexter Loomis and Dexter Loomis stepping up as the next contender for the North American Championship. I see a great match on paper. I see an incredible performance out of Kushida once again, but I think the Johnny Gargano title curse could be over. And I don't think it continues at this takeover. I think Johnny gets a rare win at a takeover event. You can look at those numbers on paper, folks. Johnny takeover's record at takeover. That's not his. That's not why his nickname exists. Io Shirai versus Mercedes Martinez versus Tony Storm. Io Shirai is going to retain by pinning Mercedes Martinez. Wrapping up that rivalry that seems to be the primary focus of this triple threat. Tony Storm has her claim. I was never pinned. Io Shirai and I still have bad blood. We still have history. Io Shirai and Tony Storm moves on to be the next singles program for the Women's Championship. The Dusty Rhodes Women's Tag Team Classic Finals Matchup between Dakota Kai teaming with Raquel Gonzalez to take on Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Sticking to my guns here, folks, as much as I can be satisfied with either one of these teams, this is the final is the finals bracket we all want and hoped for on paper. I'm sure I could speak to a large portion of Team NXT on that front. I know there was a lot of Candice and, in- and Indy fans I've come across as well. But I called them as a team even before the brackets were announced. I called them to win the whole dang thing. And I'm going to stick on to it. Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart are going to be the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals winners. To follow the strange history that I don't necessarily agree with in the men's brackets. And let's remember the first ever men's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic winners. Now champion Finn Bauer and Samoa Joe, which ended up culminating in, of course, a title contention between the two later on down that road. The men's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals just brushed on the competitors of that. It is the battle of the acronyms on NXT MSK versus GYV. Nash Carter and Wes Lee T. 
taking on James Drake and Zach Gibson. I don't see grizzled young veterans making it to the finals and losing both times they're in the finals. I see MSK having a very believable road in NXT from their debut to the finals of this tournament and coming up short as underdogs in this tournament. And that being a very important character trait for their remaining and continuing tenure on NXT, on, on NXT. So MSK from impressive debut to the finals matchup. I think this is as far as they're going to go. However, Grizzled Young Veterans, the first ever NXT UK Tag Team Champions, will also find themselves with Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic fame to add to their resume as well. And what is sure to be another high-octane, incredible main event worth of action on an NXT TakeOver, Finn Bauer versus Pete Dunne, first time ever for the NXT Championship. Finn Bauer will not lose the NXT Championship until he takes on Karrion Cross, but this matchup will be absolutely incredible. So, a run back at my predictions. Johnny Gargano victorious over Kushida, retaining the North American Championship. Io Shirai retains the Women's Championship. The Women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals ends with Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart victorious. The Dusty Rhodes Men's Tag Team Classic Finals ends with the Grizzled Young Veterans making it to the Finals second time in a row, and being victorious and winning the cup this year. And Finn Bauer, also a retaining champion on the takeover stage, beating Pete Dunne. Please tweet me at podcast underscore UF, your predictions. Be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter because it's takeover tradition that I will be sharing that afternoon Takeover prediction polls. Please share your thoughts. Share your mindset by Sunday with me. This episode bound to release Friday morning. That's my track. So you'll have plenty of time to hear this and get back to me. Follow at podcast underscore UF on Twitter. Give me a like on the Facebooks. Follow me personally on Instagram. That's where I'm promoting the podcast from now on at C-D-A-N-N-Y-M-A-C. The D in C-D, Danny Mac, do share a spot placement. Um, Follow me on whatever platform you're using to listen to this podcast. SoundCloud is my most advertised. I'm also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I'm a big fan of the interface on Stitcher as well. Be sure you subscribe to me no matter when, why, how, where you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 122 of the longest-running, independently-produced NXT podcast available, the Undisputed Future Podcast. Please follow at Tiptoe with Tulo on Twitch. 
Be prepared. This Sunday is going to be a whole lot of fun. We want you guys there to join this journey and this watch along with us. Participate in the chat. Let's let's go. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. It's a fun weekend to be a wrestling fan. Impact Wrestling has an event the night before TakeOver. So a great, great weekend lined up of professional wrestling. Thank you for being on the podcast ride with me. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy NXT TakeOver. I hope you're staying safe and healthy. Thank you for tuning in to the UFP show that is all about the NXT show, the Undisputed Future Podcast. I'm CD Danny Mac. Team NXT, I will talk to you next time.